The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to be discussing how AI tools can help with SEO. Joining me is Brian Piper, who is the Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at the University of Rochester, which is one of the world's leading research universities. Brian has a long tradition of breaking boundaries, always pushing and questioning, learning and unlearning. So far this week, Brian and I have talked about generative AI, and its impact on the SEO landscape. We've also dove into conversational search and what this means for SEOs and content marketers. Today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing the tools that help us execute our content and SEO work. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked-to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Brian Piper, the Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at the University of Rochester. Brian, welcome back to our last episode this week. Thrilled to dive into the tools here. Welcome back. Thank you, Jordan. Great to be here. So we had a busy week so far diving into some great AI-related topics. And I want to start this episode off by just mentioning Epic Content Marketing and the book that you published. And the reason I want to start there is... We ended our last episode talking about knowledge and how knowledge is the core of 
any utility of AI, marketing, strategy. And, and I feel like books are one of those great sources of knowledge, right? And so tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us about why you guys wrote this second edition and, and give our audience a little bit of background on, on what they will learn as they unpack this book. Yeah, so the first edition of Epic Content Marketing was what got me into content marketing in the first place back in 2014. I was a website developer and not a very uh, talented or uh, satisfied <laughs> website developer. And most of the time, the, the really good developers that I was working with would just say, go do that web positioning SEO stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll take care of the heavy lifting with the code. So I would, I got into the idea. I really enjoyed thinking about being able to tell stories to users and help them solve their problems and address questions that they were looking for answers to without trying to sell them on anything and just leveraging that content to build that trust with your audience. And so 10 years after the book, I'd started speaking at Content Marketing World, which was uh, Joe Polizzi, who was the original author of the first edition. I was speaking at his conference and I kept uh, every year I would I would track him down at the conference and thank him for writing the first edition and take a selfie with him and you know, tell them how it changed my entire career path. And so then eventually I said, when are you going to do a second edition? You got to update this. It still has Google Plus in it. You know, it's really neat. <laughs> and finally, he just said, well, we'll co-author it with me and uh, and we'll do that. So that's that's where the second edition came out of. And when we first started doing the rewrite, we were like, well, it's been 10 years. Let's just throw everything out and start from scratch. Oh, wow. <laughs> As we started outlining what the book should look like, there was a, so much information in the first edition that was still very applicable from strategy, mission statement, personas, all of that. So we were able to pull about a third of the second edition is, is directly from the first edition, but with updated statistics, new case studies. And we had so many real-world examples of brands and creators really using content marketing in in an epic way. And then the second third of the book is all about data and optimizing and choosing the channels and figuring out how to do SEO and what content you should make. And then the last third of the book goes into you know new technologies. It goes into AI. It talks about Web3. It talks about the importance of community and super fans. And then the, the last chapter is just predictions of, of what... <laughs> Future content marketing will be in 10 more years. Right. I mean, I think that we have to start this episode by talking a little bit about that last point, right? Because for the last 6 to 12 months, I've been getting this question a lot from my content marketing friends and contacts. I'm going to lose my job, right, Jordan? <laughs> so this has been a very common question lately from my friends in the content space. With all the introduction of these AI tools, everyone's in fear of losing their jobs. Do you guys talk about this in the book? And if not, I would like your opinion one way or another. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't think... I mean, there will be jobs that will not exist anymore. But I think a lot of the work that we won't have to do and the jobs that won't exist are things that should be automated anyway. They're not things that we want to spend our time doing. I think a lot of what's going to be left are the things that are uniquely human, the, the creativity, the strategy, the big picture view. I think 
AI can help us get rid of a lot of these mundane tasks, repetitive tasks, things that we hate doing anyway. <laughs> and I think, you know, whenever someone comes to me and says, how should I integrate AI into my workflow? What tools should I use? I was like, well, first document your workflow and figure out what automatic repetitive processes you can get rid of or find other ways that you can use these tools to help you to give you more creative juice on the, you know, the ideation or the research. So use it as a tool. Don't think of it as something that's going to come and, you know, take your job. No doubt. I mean, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up in Wisconsin. And every time I get that question, I am reminded of the, the blue collar environment that I grew up in where you had a lot of paper mills and farms and small little farms, you know, moving into these industrial farms that happened as I was growing up. And I'm always reminded that like there is an evolution to any type of worker, whether it's a blue collar knowledge worker, whatever you want to call it, there is an evolution of staying present in your field, in your discipline. And and you know, I was always witnessing my neighbors and uncles and family members and friends, them have to go through the, the blue collar application of that, right? Which was very much hands-on, very much like a paper mill goes from a, a physical task that just has been automated by a machine, right? And you have to adapt and evolve your knowledge and your skill sets. And like you said, the tasks that these tools are going to take away are likely the tools we are likely the tasks we shouldn't be prioritizing and we shouldn't be focused on. And I think that that's the huge gap that we're trying to close, not only on our podcast, but also in your, in your book, Epic Content Marketing. So let's talk about tools. Where do we start the tools conversation? It seems like a new one is coming on the market every single day, uh, which to me can be a little bit dizzying. So where do we start the tools conversation? Yeah, I think the place to start the conversation is not by talking about the tools. It's by talking. <laughs> it's by talking about <laughs> what you're trying to do. And I think yeah. ChatGPT has opened so many people's eyes to the potential. So when you're doing uh, ideation, it's great to just go in there and just bounce ideas off of it. It's like having a conversation with a really smart person who you have to guide, who's not very socially, you know, who's a socially awkward person. <laughs> So you have to prompt them along. You have to tell them where you want to go and figure out how to get the information that you're trying to get out of them. I mean, ChatGPT is incredibly useful for so many SEO tasks. I mean, for just general ideation, keyword research, keyword clustering. It's great for that. You can come up with your primary keyword that you're going to be targeting and say, give me all the semantically related keywords, you know, give me a list of a hundred semantically related keywords or give me a list of a hundred keywords for this particular industry around this topic area. I think it's fantastic for that. It's great for taking a piece of content that you've written and optimizing it. Add in uh, H1 and H2 headers for this, include my keyword this many times, act like an SEO expert. That's how I start so many of my prompts. You tell chat GPT or BARD, what you want it to do. And I think the key is once you know what task you want to perform, then you start looking at tools. And oftentimes I will run chat GPT and BARD side by side with the same set of prompts and figure out which tool does outlines better, which tool creates image prompts for mid-journey better. 
And then I, I keep a list of those. And these tools will constantly evolve. And you can go back to conversations that you've had with that tool and, and add on to those conversations. I have several prompts in both tools that I will go back to repeatedly. I have one that I tell ChatGPT to act like a prompt engineer and help me create the perfect prompt. And I'll tell it what I want to eventually end up with. And it will say, well, here's what I think your prompt should be. And here's a whole list of questions and details that you should give me to help me craft a better prompt. So I think figuring out how to use the different tools, then you can put them to the test side by side before you decide, okay, this is something I actually want to put money on and integrate into my workflow and hope that it will still be around in you know six more months. There's so much value in being able to refine and test. And, and I think that the application of refining and testing is going well beyond OpenAI and, and Google. We're seeing hundreds of new companies spawn out of this space. And the CEO of Amazon, Andrew Jassy, he made a comment just this week about generative AI and that it takes billions of dollars to build really high efficiency, high quality technology in the space. And I do agree that there's some truth to that if you're looking at generative AI as an application to everything, as an application to all aspects of life, as an application to all types of assets from content to media, there is no question that it will require billions of dollars to be able to do that in every single type of walk of life. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are various types of technology that are coming out in a very verticalized way, right? So we've been working with a company called DataScribe, which is a fan engagement sports data type company. And they're generating content for ticketing websites and sporting teams. And they're one of the main sources of data that's supplied to ESPN so they can show summaries on baseball scores because God forbid that ESPN is going to hire someone to write a summary of every single baseball game. Ridiculous. They play 162 of them a year. They're not going to do that, right? So the, the reality here is that these technology providers are spawning everywhere. And your point, Brian, around knowing what you're trying to achieve is super critical because these different vendors are popping up everywhere and they offer different solutions. One of them that we recently faced is... We work with a lot of large enterprises, you know, multi-billion dollar big tech companies. And they came to us and they said, we will not use a technology unless we know that there is data privacy and protection of not only our employees' data, but also the data that's being fed into this is not going to create some sort of a PII or other legal issue for us. And we were like, uh... We can't fit that. How are we going to fix that? <laughs> but there are a couple of companies in the space trying to solve for that. I, no one solved it yet, but they're trying to get to a place where they can solve for that with respect to uh, generative AI and the tools that exist. Segwaying this conversation, Brian, I would be curious to unpack with our listeners what are those prerequisites? How do you go about forming, whether it's a list or a plan? to ensure the tools you're using are going to be effective. You talked about building lists of prompts, and I definitely agree. Prompt libraries are going to be an asset and a gold mine a year from now. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. 
So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Anything else that we should be thinking about as marketers, as SEOs, in terms of planning and executing the tools that we, we, we're going to refine and utilize in generative AI? Yeah, and I think really goes back to understanding your workflow, documenting your workflow. Because if you know how long it takes you to go through your ideation process or to go through and do keyword research. You know, it differs from topic to topic, but you get a general idea if you track it over a period of time. Then that way, once you integrate the AI tool, you can actually see, does this actually improve my workflow? Does this actually save time? I do some work with a, uh, a freelance podcast producer who is using Descript to take all of his podcast and create the transcript and create his show notes and create social posts and blogs and saves him a huge amount of time. And he only knows how much time he's saving because he documented how long it took him to do that process. I think that's a key place to start is to know what you're trying to replace with these tools. And a lot of this, I mean, you know, that goes beyond the generative AI tool. It's not creating... Well, some, sometimes it's creating some new content for him, but it's those process AI tools. And we do so much work in SEO, doing data analysis, doing keyword research, trying to figure out what's working and what's not. We have so many different things that we have to look at from Google Analytics and Search Console and social data. And these large picture tools can really help automate a lot of those processes. I mean... You know, what Market Muse does, uh, Jeff Coyle's been on, on your show several times. They have amazing capabilities with their tools. But if you're a small content creator, that's probably overkill for what you need because you don't have that amount of data. So it's really matching the solution to your problem and then making sure that you're tracking what the actual impact of that is to your business. No doubt. And, and that's one of the unique things about where we're at right now with the technology is it's accessible to everybody, right? Even OpenAI's ChatGPT4 is like 20 bucks a month, right? So, so this is not like an inaccessible set of technology. Now, to your point, is it applicable to my business and my situation and how I'm trying to scale this process? That has to be determined as, as a group of knowledgeable strategic thinkers as to how you're going to apply the use of this technology. I mean, the other thing that I want to go back on is 
documentation and how we organize our work around leveraging these tools. And this is a space I think, you know, I mentioned libraries earlier. This is a space that I think is really misunderstood. I think that a lot of folks feel like it's, I'm not a gambling man, but it feels like a, a slot machine at the casino, right? You just put a quarter in and, and kind of cross your fingers and, and hope something good comes out, right? But it's not. It's actually a technology that's evolving. And to your point, like you would do a prompt in BARD and in ChatGPT and you'd see how the differences would come out and find which one fits better. That is a knowledgeable insight that you can then leverage as you evolve your strategy or your content asset or whatever it is over time. So let's talk about documentation. Let's talk about managing this workflow. Where are your thoughts there? And and I'd also be curious, as we talk about Epic Content Marketing, the book that you and Joe put together, how can some of the principles from the book help us here? Yeah, and that's one of the things we've really been focused on at the university is really documenting all of our processes. And we tell everybody, if you do anything more than once, document it. And so I was working with a small business who was, they decided they were just going to build a library of all their processes and they were just intending to use that for onboarding. So every time they would do something, they would just open up a video capture and they would just capture the video. They would narrate it as they were saying, okay, now I go here and I do this and I enter in this. So then they were all done with that. They took that video, ran it through Otter AI, got a transcript put that transcript into ChatGPT and said, generate a step-by-step checklist of all the things that I need to do. So now they had documentation that they could use for training. They had a checklist that they could use for while their employees were going back through that process. So if you do something once a month, you're going to come back to it and be like, now what do I do next here? And it (laughs) takes that cognitive load off of you because you don't have to think about, now, how did I do this? And what was that trick that I used here to get that information clean over into this area? So, and that's just a brilliant use of using these AI tools to help you document your process so that not only is it repeatable, but it makes your job easier because you don't have to go back and think about, how did I do this last time? That's right. Another great tip here for folks and a tool is, is Loom. We Loom a lot of the prompts and the outputs and then share it with our, our partners or our clients or whoever it is, because sometimes another set of eyes sees things that we don't see, right? And just having the real visual workflow of, hey, we did this task in ChatGPT. This was the output of how we summarized a keyword list or whatever it might be. And just the Loom video sometimes is very eye-opening. And the feedback you get from that is incredibly knowledgeable and makes you a far more capable operator of the technology. Yeah, and having that second person repeat your process is invaluable because invariably they're going to do something different or as we know, tools evolve and interfaces change and you're like, oh, well, this isn't an option on this menu anymore. Where do I go and find this? So now you have to go update your documentation and your process. And there are AI tools that can help with that. We're already seeing podcasters use AI tools to simulate someone's voice because their voice faded out when they said a particular (laughs) word. Now they don't have to go back and get them to re-record it. They can just have AI generate that word. Right. No doubt. Even podcasters are benefiting from this. I love it. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about Epic Content Marketing, where they can find the book, and a couple of tips that they're going to gain from reading the book? 
Absolutely. So Epic Content Marketing is the second edition of the book. And it's really kind of the encyclopedia of how to do content marketing. And it goes everything from the basics of how to understand your audience, how to come up with your uh, content marketing mission statement, and all the different principles of content marketing. And it goes all the way through to AI, Web3, community. We talk all sorts of great information in there about how to optimize your content for different channels, different things to think about. And we've got some spectacular use cases in there as well. Awesome. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices Search Podcast. Big, big thank you to Brian Piper, Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at the University of Rochester for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Brian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Brian W. Piper, or visit the university's website at rochester.edu. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.